Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MoPod, brought to you by MoDate, where we discuss all things modern orthodoxy from dating to the Upper West Side and everything in between. I'm your host, Evan Harris, and we have a great guest for you today. Let's get to it. Today, we're sitting down with the president of the Young Israel of the West Side, Yoni Pollock. How are you, Yoni? Hey, Evan. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So let's talk about how you became president and just really who you are. Where are you from? What's the background? All right. My background, I mean, I'm just a... Uh... Small town boy from Houston, Texas, small town in the Jewish sense, uh, fourth largest city in the country. But, you know, whenever I introduce myself as someone from Houston, they're always kind of like, whoa, and, and rightfully so, reasonable. Um, we went to Yeshiva Torah Traga for a year, YU, did my days in the Heights, now on the West Side. Pretty, I feel like, relatively standard background for, uh, for an Upper West Side, um, you know, male my age. And uh, I actually spent a year uh, on the Shank board. Shank is the, the synagogue in, the, in Washington Heights, uh, kind of the YU affiliated one, and then ended up being the president there. And at the time, I didn't want to be the president. And I kind of, and I know I'm kind of going straight through here, but I didn't want to be the president. Um, but it was, it was a relatively simple job. I knew all I needed to do is not lose money, um, to be very simple. Um, and why you ran a, most of the budget. So there wasn't really too much to do at the time they were getting a, a new rabbi. So maybe my job description was a little bit more uh, beefed up at that point, just because of the search committee. But other than that, it was a relatively simple job. I just had to be a pretty face, make announcements um, from the BMO. One of those two things I'm good at. So um, did that for a year, came to, to the Upper West Side and um I didn't really know what shul I was even going to attend. This was like seven months before COVID. Um, ended up going to the Young Israel, kind of just like the vibe there, like the rabbi. Um, and um, COVID ended up hitting. And I was, I guess, one of the few members at the time when a few months later, when the Young Israel opened and it started with like 10 people, 20 people, 40 people. I was one of the few people that, you know, I'd attend, like I'll go to shul. I need some social interaction. Um, and I like that whole shul thing. And went and um, slowly but surely kind of got a little bit more involved at, at the point where the president at the time was sort of like, uh, Yoni, you you are going to be the new next president. And I said, Eddie, respectfully, no, like, I, I have no interest. I've done my time. And it was always a joke for like a year or two on the West Side. Like, oh, are you going to be the president of the youngest one? I was like, no, never. Like, this is like a real man school. This is like an adult school. They got they, they pay electric bills. They pay for their paper towels. Uh, you know, they got fined by the city. I have no business in doing that, uh, nor want to. And uh, that was probably like four months before I officially became president. And that's kind of the way I work. I kind of need um, a, a need to, to process in my head slowly. Um, and over time, he kind of kept telling me I'm going to be the president, I'm going to be the president. And, I, and basically, I came to the fact, came to terms that I will be the president. And I said, I just need a, a co-president that's more of an adult, someone that has experience in uh scaffolding has experience in 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 actual like building management ironically enough i've, I've come to to get that experience through my actual job but um I, you know i needed someone that could, could deal with the, the big boy problems and i could handle the announcements and being a pretty face which still i can only do one of those two things so that's kind of where i'm at now uh i, I am admittedly sort of enjoying it um and Probably one of the best parts about being president is seeing your pretty face in shul every day. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So I am familiar with Shank, just to track back there, because I did live in the Heights for five months. 
and but there was we did not cross over i lived there in 2021 and i'm just wondering so that's a great story and it's nice to know that you know how good you are at giving announcements unless (laughs) unless you think you're very pretty but i want you to know that you're very good at giving announcements and i i firmly agree and so i'm wondering when you i mean it sounds like this presidency like it doesn't sound like it was much of a democracy it kind of sounds like it was something that was just handed down to you was there anyone else who was in the running for this job or was it just something that handed down? That's a good question. I don't know if constitutionally there's supposed to be some sort of process. I kind of feel like what I've learned about like other shuls is there must've been one constitution made by one shul X amount of years ago. And every single shul has kind of copied that since and no one really follows it. But um, as far as I know, the presidency was in theory, if anybody wanted it, 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 I believe no one really wanted it. And almost what I feel like a lot of presidents in a lot of different communities are. It's, it's handed to you more than you're elected. Um, so there was no running. Uh, the two of us, myself and Yankee Eisenstein, the co-president, um, it wasn't much of a choice. It was kind of given to us. Um, so far, it's, it's been great. Definitely seems like more of a monarchy. Anyway, if I was yeah. running, if I was running against you, I think that, I mean, I'm pretty new. I'm, I've been here for a year, but if I was to be running against you, I think I probably would have brought, Yoni and Yoni in the night to light. And I'm just going <laughs> to read a nice excerpt from this website that you started, I guess, a few years ago, who knows how long, about your sports fandom. Uh, it says, quote, I am also a big fantasy sports player and consider myself one of the best at each sport. After winning a championship in two consecutive years in basketball, I decided it was too easy and I stopped playing. However, after winning championships in baseball and football, I continue to play in those leagues and I'm almost always competitive. Fantasy sports is one of the ways I can act like a real GM of a sports team, exclamation point. So I'm wondering if you're still very interested in fantasy sports and if that gets in the way of your young Israel presidency at all. I have to ask you where the heck you found that one. (laughs) You just got to do some Googling. That? Oh, yeah. Now, by the way, I got (laughs) to erase some things, I guess. Um, (laughs) That was awesome to to hear back. Uh, And all that is actually true. Um, Yeah, it it probably takes too much of my time between, if, if you had to take the average day, you know, nine to five at work. But even in that nine to five, I'm, I'm just going to assume my boss is not listening. There's a lot of fantasy sports time and presidency time that that takes um, a bulk of those eight hours. And then uh, when I come home, I'd like to say I put it away and spend time with my wife. But I don't know if that's necessarily completely true. Um, but I but I, I take all those things seriously, all those tasks um, in whatever order you'd like to put them. Okay, so just stepping aside from Young Israel for a second, you're clearly a big sports guy. And so first question is, are you aware that Houston sports are very bad right now? Besides, I guess, the Astros, but they're cheaters. So it's like, I don't know if you count that. Yeah, uh, it's been a sad run in 2017 was like my golden era and it fell apart way too quickly. Okay, so next question. So I know that back in the day, it sounds like you don't do this anymore, but you used to work for the Nahum Siegel show doing sports sports radio talk is that right uh it, it really a plethora of things but that was one of my smaller roles yeah okay so what tell, tell us more about that what was the deal with that uh yeah i mean professionally i wanted to, to get into sports media and uh when i graduated yu back in january of 2015 or so i felt pretty good i had some some internships at sports tv stations in houston sports radio stations um sirius xm here in, in new york on their nba channel Work with some greats there. So I felt pretty good about my resume, trying to get in. Um, and I applied to to so many. I mean, anyone that, that's that's gone through the application process in general 
where it's like you're looking for entry level jobs that with three years of experience, you're kind of like, well, that doesn't make sense. And then you go to like the black hole of LinkedIn or Indeed or any of these job websites, ZipRecruiter, and it's like you press apply and like you hope to hear back from like one out of every 10, whatever. So it, it, it was rough. Heard back from a few, had an interview with like FanDuel back in the day, which would have been really fun. Um, didn't work out there. I have my theories, but that's probably for more off there. Um, and then it ended up being, I happened to be friends with the president of the network, not from Siegel himself, the son, um, went to Yeshiva with him, still good friends with him today. And he was like, hey, my father needs someone for three months to come out and uh, just just like intern. And I was like, you know what, I'm not doing anything. I can intern while still applying for other jobs. Three months turned into another three months, turned into a year, turned into uh, five and a half years of my life, which, which oh, were wow. awesome. I mean, I, I did a bunch of different things. Uh, one of the few things I did was a sports show, which I actually still do today. I recorded um, on, on, you know, here on the West Side. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was really an, an awesome time, and and you know, still in touch with them, still try to help them out as much as possible. Um, and then you know, natural pivot from radio to uh, real estate, which I currently am doing now. All right, great. So I talked about Modate once on JM and the AM, so that was definitely cool. Yes my live radio experience and i'm wondering so you, you mentioned that you still do a sports show now so is that a podcast or what is that exactly i i mean listen it, it airs mondays at 10 a.m i do it with uh steph gordon we've done this show i'd have to see how many episodes over 200 i, I think at this point uh we generally record it now sunday nights you know when i was still at the network i, I would do it mondays live at 10 a.m he'd come into the studio um those days are over um, it's not a, I mean, it, it's recorded. So, you know, you could listen to it on demand whenever you want podcasts, I guess, are more, they don't have the radio angle. They, you know, what you're doing, which is awesome. Uh, you know, love the content or the tent as some may say. Um, but, uh, you know, so it's a radio show that I still do and it's great. Okay. Is podcasting something that you can see happening in your future? Man, I, for so long, I, I I've wanted to, and so many people I've discussed it with, uh, when, when, when this is an area, you know, a job that you want to go into sports media in general, media in general, you try to put yourself there out there as much as possible. So for, for three years, I ran a, a admittedly, I believe successful Houston, all Houston sports blog. Um, you know, I used to write 50 articles a day. I had a staff of over probably 30 members over the course of those three years. And I'd edit everything that they put out, uh, formatting and, and help them out at meetings, you know, to pitch different uh, stories or, or just content in general and, and, and scheduling that. And uh, so I, I became relatively, I don't want to say a household name in Houston, certainly not, but people had heard of the house of Houston, my friends, more so. But uh, I remember interning at this at Comcast Sports Center in Houston, which is now uh, no longer exists, but I was kind of like working in the room one day and, and one of the, the TV anchors, one of the, the sports media personalities there came over to me like, wait, you're House of Houston. I was like, yeah. And so that was a pretty cool mo moment for me. Um, but, you know, for me, it, it was it was uh, I, I think it's important just to, to get yourself out there. And, and uh, so the podcasting, I was always asked to do different that was me trying to trying to remember your question. There. <laughs> uh, it was it was always asked of me, you know. I had, I had like Astros writers come out, like, "Hey, do you want to join?" So I've I've joined a few podcasts. Never ended up. I don't know if it was like too cheap to, to get into the equipment. I mean, I see your setup here right now. You got to like invest if you want to be a real podcast. You got to invest both in in um, the quality of 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 what you own, right? The quality of of your mic and your and your headset and and even the the editing. Um, the editing software it's expensive and, and if you're good at it though you could really put out some quality content 
Um, so both the investment in that and the investment in time, it's not just getting on air for an hour and talking, but it's really, it's so much uh, time and, and, you know, figuring out what you want to talk about. And, and I used to joke um, that, that one day I would have to tell my wife um, on Sundays is a work day for me because I'd be watching football from, from 1 p.m. to midnight, but that's work for me, right? Uh, and in some ways it's a joke, but in, in a lot of ways it's, it's 100% serious. All that, that time and, and, and what you're watching and, and those thoughts that you're thinking about, it's an investment. So to a really long answer short is, um, could I see myself one day? Maybe, but, but it is a large investment, one that as of you know, today, I'm not ready for. So I would just like to say that I purchased this mic and I do all the editing myself. And there if you go. check out on Apple Podcasts, we have predominantly five-star reviews and, and um, you know, some nice reviews that were written. And, and that, that has nothing to do with me asking people to rate it five stars. But if everyone could rate it, review and subscribe, that'd be great. And so let's create a nice, a nice extended metaphor right now, right? So you mentioned on your website how you want to be a general manager. I mean, you might have been a teenager at the time, but I'm sure it's still something that you would love to do if you could snap your fingers. And so being the president of the shul in some ways is kind of like being the president of a sports team or a general manager of a sports team in the sense that you are in charge of things that probably nobody knows about, right? I have no idea what you actually do besides for making announcements and probably helping with different events and fundraising. I'm sure there's stuff like you mentioned scaffolding. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, I know what scaffolding is, but I have no idea what you're talking about in reference to the shul. I always wonder like if a light blows out, how they would like, how you would ever fix that considering how high the, the light fixtures are. But there's stuff that these people, like that presidents of sports organizations do on a day-to-day basis, which nobody ever sees and doesn't get appreciated. And also it's, it's dealing with personalities, right? There's a lot of different personalities in sports. I'm a big Nets fan. And so I don't know what's going to happen, but obviously you're going to have some people that are talented that you're working with that have big personalities and might not always show up to work or something like that. And so I'm wondering, is it, what's the toughest part of being the president and how do you motivate yourself to continue to do something that you really don't have to do? Oh, that's, that's a good question. Um, and I, and I actually, I do like that metaphor and certainly appreciate it. Um, I would say the toughest part of being a president, it's probably just, just comes down to time. Like you said, there's so many things that you don't know about that uh, either gets asked of us on a day-to-day basis, week-to-week basis, um, or just things that I, you know, frankly, one of my, you know, I, I believe that I need to accomplish throughout the week as the president. So, you know, thank God we, we do have a staff in the shul. So it's not like I got to be there and sweep the floors. It's not like I got to be there and answer all the questions in the office. Um, we have a great office member in Esty and, and she does a wonderful job there. Um, but there are still things that, you know, I like to make sure that our bulletin board is, is up to date. I like to make sure that everything's printed out either for the rabbi or anyone else that may need it before Shabbos. But there's there's so many things. I mean, you may have noticed if, if you've come to the Young Israel of the West Side recently, um, where it is, you know, we did a little bit of remodeling with the bookcases, new sitting that came in. Um, and I believe that project, which I took upon myself with, with the great help of a lot of donors at the school, uh, would, would lead to more things that people want to donate. And thank God, you know, people have come in with their ideas. 
Um, so, you know, to answer that question about the toughest part is, is just the, the time commitment that goes into it. But I, but I really, for the most part, love every part of it. Um, I, to answer the other part of your question, I, I like, I'm a vision guy, but I also like the toiling uh, that it takes to get to that vision. I, I, you know, I'm a doer in that sense of something, if there's something I'm passionate about, I, I want to get it done. And some things that are frustrating to me in life in general, but also uh, with, with projects like these is like, you know, when I hire someone to do something, I kind of want them to do it tomorrow. And I understand everyone's got a schedule and money talks. So you don't want to pay them a certain amount, but I get excited about projects very quickly. And I like to try to get them done as soon as possible. Bookcase project, um, if you're familiar, I think was finally completed a month and a half ago, give or take. And uh, this was something that was in the works for me like six months, even before the presidency. I was like, we got to be able to do something. And I tried for so long to get everything together. And it's kind of a big part of this job is also just learning to be patient things, unfortunately, uh, especially with COVID slowing things down. But in general, things take a long time to go through, um, especially when there are multiple parties involved. So, um, you know, that project excitingly is finally done. And, and through that, as I predicted, uh, there are people that, that want to take care of a bunch of other things in the show. I had someone come up to me recently that says, uh, if, if you give me two guys, give me two weeks, I could paint the entire first floor of the synagogue. I was like, great. Love that. However, I'm going to be realistic with you. It's not going to take two weeks. It's going to take more than two guys. It's probably a lot more money than you'd expect. And also, I got a whole second floor I'd have to paint. I can't have one, this weird green that we go have going on in the show and the other, maybe a more modern gray blue situation um so you know hold your horses but let's talk about it we have a bunch of discussions uh i've been talking about with the rabbi this week already about tisha uh in two months from now slichos like those are the discussions happening now and we have exciting programming for that but there's a lot of uh unfortunately when, when you're too late to the party and too late could even be two three weeks beforehand you know log bomer was an opportunity i believe uh the shul possibly missed out on and, and i you know take fault for that um, Yomat's mood, I think there was an opportunity there that we may have missed. Um, and you know, if you're not six weeks ahead of the schedule, uh, then you're really, you're, you're really behind. So, uh, you know, I, all in all is to say, uh, you know, I love what I do. It, it's work, but, um, many people predicted, Hey, Yoni, when you move to the West side, you're going to be president there. And I laughed them off, but I guess people know me better than I know me. Okay. That's great. I, I am familiar with the bookcase project and, uh, kudos to you for getting that done. I'm wondering, so there's not as much, I guess, bureaucracy with Modate, obviously, and we're not, you know, as big of an organization, obviously, as a shul. And so at the same time, I also get very excited about projects the second I think about something and I tell my CTO, Menachem, uh, like, can we do this very quickly? And he's like, you know, it takes time, like it's a, it's a whole process. And then it's, that's always something that, that I'm dealing with also, but also just I'm wondering how you deal with kind of negative feedback. I'm not sure if it's something that you get, but there's there's always these questions that I get a few a week, which are kind of the why don't you do this question? Yeah. And sometimes they're asked in a in a nice way, and sometimes they're asked in a in an obnoxious way. And yeah. so I'm sure you've gotten someone who you barely know just come up to you and ask, why don't this or why isn't this? And so I'm wondering how you handle that. Um, I don't know if I'm the best person to answer this. I mean, not because we don't get negative feedback. We do. Um, and I wish it was maybe said in a, in a nicer way, like you said, uh, but I mean more kind of emotionally, I, I, I do a very good job of, of not caring about what anyone says 
uh, in the tone. And if it's a personal attack, I, I might get, you know, slighted, of course. Um, I'm a little bit human in that sense. But, um, you know, someone to me, it's like everyone means well. So I'll give them a little bit of credit from that. But on the other hand, uh, we all love to be critics, right? We all love to see for whatever reason, the negative, you know, you could do an event so perfectly, 99% perfectly. And the 1%, there are going to be five people that are going to uh, point it out. And, and it, I think it's, it's like a societal flaw. It's, it's just a human nature flaw. It is what it is. And that saying it is what it is kind of gets me through like so many of the negative feedback. I'm just like, I don't care. Like, but you know, you guys do my job, you know, like, yeah. uh, but I'm surprised you get negative feedback about Mo Day. I love what you guys do. I think Thank it's you. so incredible. You kind of just went out there. You did it. Um, I, you know, I know my wife, Haley, is, is a huge, a strong supporter of Mode. Um, I know she's one of your best, I think, uh, shot of funds personally. She's on top of it. Like every Sunday, she's getting her uh, her algorithm uh, things <laughs> going on and, and, and she's sending out the text. And I think it's and I and I know it's changed since then. But I remember, you know, early on, yeah, this yeah. was like what she was so excited about. Um, and, and she's still excited about it. I, I think it's very cool. And I think, you know, it, it's, it's the exact same thing that you're saying. You know, there is you, you had no reason to create this other than providing a service, a good service for the community. And yet there are people there that are either I don't know if it's tearing you down, but have such negative feedback. It's like, buddy, he doesn't have to be doing this. <laughs> like there is only good to come out of this. And you're finding things to tear it down. You know, it's just like I, I choose to be like, if, if that's what you're going to do. You do you. I'm going to stick to doing me. It is what it is. Wow. That was a lot of cliches right there. For sure. Yeah. Haley's definitely a top-notch connector. And yeah, we we definitely get some, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? But obviously, for the most part, it's positive feedback. And it's just people, you know, I think there's a philosophy that you remember the negative things five times as much as the right. positive things. So it happens. It's what it is. I remember recently someone told me that they learned how to ride a bike with with one hand and my first thing i said was what about no hands and that's a terrible comment you know <laughs> that's that's it's just natural for people and yeah. you got to realize that everyone's kind of the same and and it happens sometimes people don't realize what goes into things and just kind of just kind of passes you by so we've had i've had rabbi Gettinger on the podcast before of course and we were speaking about just different social things going on in the young israel and I wonder if you have more of a hand in this or he does. I'm not sure. I'm sure you guys play similar roles in this, but just new people to the community. Right. So it is the summer right now. And I feel like this is when most people move. Yeah. And so I'm sure there's going to be a large influx of people that just graduated or whatever it is. And how do you try to get people involved? How do you try to make people feel welcome when there's just so many? I think you, you, hit, you hit the nail there. It, it, there's so many. And, and thankfully, right, you know, we're a school with, with, I think we average, our security guard said, about 450 these days wow. uh, on a standard Chavez. And that's great. And it's, and, and, you know, I get feedback, right, all the time about like, well, you could be more welcoming. I've never gotten an Aaliyah. I've never this, I've never that. And it's like, I, I hear you. And they're all valid points. It's just, you know, we're at a 10-team board or whatever it is. Um, I'd love if everyone was as welcoming as, in theory, people believe everyone should be. Um, but, you know, practically speaking, the plan, it's it, it just hard. Um, so, you know, I, I try to do my best as, as my role, both as president and as second Gabi, because Josh Letter is, is first Gabi forever. Um, you know, I, I, I try to get people involved. 
Um, there are different ways of, of doing it, whether it's the lead davening, whether it is, like I said, get an aliyah, give, give them honors from that sense. But there's also, you know, going up to people at the kiddushes. And uh, I, for one, I, I think people think of me as, as an extrovert. Um, I, I don't think of myself that way. I think I'm, I'm probably an extroverted introvert in a way. Um, so it is a little bit hard for me. And it's, I think it's hard for everyone, right? When you have your your crew, in quotes, or you have your, your friends that you're comfortable with, it's very easy to, to say hi to them on Shabbos and schmooze with them. Uh, it's very hard to go up to a random stranger and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Yoni Pollock. I'm the president of the school. Is there anything I could do for you? Um, or, you know, just even a standard, what's up? Who are you? What's your name? Uh, I'd love to get to know you type thing. Um, it, it's challenging. And, and it's challenging for me. It's challenging for everyone. I think even the age discrep- discrepancy for me, you know, I'll, I'll be turning that, uh, that, that, that new age that starts with a three very soon. Um, and uh, thankfully, the school, as it grows, it grows younger. Um, you know, we have a lot of those those young 20s, mid 20s, as the, the Jewish younger population has seemed to skew a little bit south now in, in, in Upper West Side, as opposed to Washington Heights. Um, whether that continues this summer is a fascinating thing I'm, I'm excited to, to find out, right? Because you had cheaper prices last yep. summer, so maybe people decided it was more affordable, they can move in. Um, now, I, you know, I, it, knowing the real estate side of things, it's not that case, but maybe maybe it, it continues to steal lower the upper west side. So, it, you know, I, I'm excited to see how, how that uh, plays out, but also, you know, I, I'm, I will be probably six, seven, eight years younger than a lot of these people um, and trying to... Um, you know, really or older than these people and, and, and trying to, uh, you know, meet them is a little bit of a challenge for myself. But, you know, I'd love if, you know, the Evan Harris's of, of the young Israel of Upper West Side could almost uh, bridge that gap, right? Introduce them to, to me and vice versa. Um, you know, I think that'd be wonderful, but it, it, it's hard. It, it really is. For sure. Yeah. If you had to rate yourself on a scale of one to four, one being the most introverted and four being extrovert, what would you rate yourself? Uh, two. Two and a half. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, the motivators will like that question. And so <laughs> I have never complained to you about not getting an Aaliyah, but I do definitely, I would not do that, but I do definitely have a bone to pick with Josh Letterer. Yeah. I has been one of my best friends for years, has never even looked at me when giving out Aaliyahs. And so whatever it's, I mean, I maybe, maybe one of these days. No, nah, that's not my style, but <laughs> I, I definitely do hear, the idea of me helping you bridge the gap. And it's definitely something we can discuss further. And I'm happy to, I mean, there are some people that like, it's tough because not everyone wants to be talked to, you know, it's hard to know. It's just, it's very hard to know who is interested, who's not interested. That's where events come into play because if you're signing up, then you obviously want to get involved. Yeah. Anyway, I think you're doing a great job. And even though obviously, I, none of us decides for you and whoever works for the shul knows how much you're doing on a day-to-day basis. I'm sure you're working on a day-to-day basis and, and very much putting in a lot of that free time to get things done and make things happen. And so we very much appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. Moving on to the first segment we have here on the Mopod called, let me paint you a picture. I am going to give you a dating scenario and you are going to tell me what you think the person in this scenario should do. Okay. Okay. Danny went on a date with Samantha. It is the fourth date and they're going out to do an activity. But before the activity, they're going to like a regular restaurant, like a burgers bar type restaurant. And they both decide that they wanted burgers before they got there. 
at the restaurant. They go up to the counter and Danny says, watch this. He orders a double burger and asks for an extra bun on the side. Then they take their seats and Samantha asks, why did you do that? And Danny explains that a classic burger is $12 and the double burger is only 18. So this way they're getting two burgers for the price of one and a half regular burgers. The rest of the date is fine, but Samantha is kind of weirded out and is unsure whether or not this is a person that she wants to date in the future. What are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are, I, I love it. Uh, I, I don't know if I should be saying this uh, you know, on the record here, but I am very close with someone who would frequent go on and their order would be a piece of schnitzel with a piece of pizza. <laughs> and, you know, because that came out cheaper, they didn't like the vegetables um, and, and that worked out better for them. And, and you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for those types of moves. Now to do it on a date, bold. Fourth date for Yoni Pollock, that would mean I'm already pretty comfortable. I wouldn't give out a fourth date unless, you know, I'm thinking this is going to be in a few months thing already, just for the way I'm thinking here. So, you know, for Yoni Pollock, if, I, if Yoni Pollock is Danny, he's feeling pretty comfortable. I'm okay pulling out that move. Listen, like, you got to do you. And, and Samantha has to be ready for you. So if that's something she's not going to appreciate, then better to tell me on the fourth date than to tell me two months down the line, you know? So yes. I'm all in for that move, Danny. Okay. Moving on to most people's favorite segment, the Mopod lightning round, where I'm just going to fire off some quick questions and you answer the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Yeah. Do you think that you resemble Buzz Lightyear? No. What is your favorite prime number? Seven. If your life was a book, what number chapter would you be in? One. Okay. When you're mailing something, do you lick the envelope directly or lick your hand and then touch the envelope? Lick the envelope. Okay. What would you have in your what would you rather have in your future home? An elevator or an escalator? Escalator. Cheetahs or pumas? Cheetahs. Okay, thank you, Yoni Pollock, for coming on the Mopod. Anything else you want our listeners to know before we sign off? Evan, I, I wanted some more like hard hitting dating questions. I mean, listen, I hope everyone appreciates the uh, the the Yoni Pollock uh, biography, if you will. But I feel like I got a lot to add in the in the date. I got to think about this because I, I'm trying to think how I could help Mo date. I'd love to promote it, you know, through the Young Israel. I think that'd be great. But I almost feel like I could be my own. Uh, it's not like a Modate therapist. It's not like a Modate spokesperson. I mean, it would be a spokesperson in that case. But I feel like people want to hear you only follow the data. I feel like I have great stories. I'm just kidding. Don't, don't. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, 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 I think the first thing is that in Shul, this Shabbos, you got to let people know upcoming this to the next, the following Tuesday, whatever date that is, I guess it's June 14th. Yoni Pollock will be on the Mopod and everyone should, should listen on iTunes, whatever. And then you tell them all, oh, also check out modate.org. And I like that. And yeah, we'll see if I can pull some strings there. Something that we are thinking about in the future, it's probably a down the line situation, is starting something called Motivation. Okay. And so I don't know exactly what that looks like yet, but something like what you just said would definitely play a part in it. Like kind of just speaking about dating stories and helping people that are having a tough time get through. I was thinking maybe more of like a, a therapy angle, but also just like a relatability angle, which, which could act as therapy is, yeah, is something that we are definitely thinking about in the future and happy to talk about at a later time. 
I hear that. And by the way, that Mode dinner that you threw at the Young Israel of the West Side, uh, I want to say like almost like October time. I, from what I heard, great feedback. And I think we should do it again. Okay. Just let me know. I need a team this time. It was a little tough. Yeah. It is tough. It uh, is tough to run. I got teams. it. Shout out to the people that did help me. I did have a bit of a team, but I was also on vacation at the time, like right before the dinner. And that was very tough. So it was hard to like be in and out. But yeah, no, for sure. Let me know when and let's get it done. All right. Love it. Okay. Pump the volume.